0: Hi, this is Susan Harmon of the Susan Harmon Experience. Welcome to Susan Harmon Experience. Hey, Eric.
1: Well, good afternoon. Happy Friday to you. Hope you have a
0: happy Friday to you. Happy first Friday of the month. Happy December. I swear so much is happening in this month. Uh, it's amazing what we're doing and ha- how things are going in our country and in the planet at large. Um, usually we do our astrology report on the last Friday of the month. Only the last Friday of the month was Thanksgiving weekend. Right. And I, um, had a really wonderful guest, Heidi Lee Holt. She was great. Uh, but she, um, she was recorded previous to Thanksgiving. So we'd have the day off.
1: Which was nice
0: it was nice did you enjoy your holiday i well
1: uh, it's a little bit of health issues so not uh not the greatest thanksgiving but uh you know uh it was nice and relaxed let's put it that way
0: well i think if you had a cold i think i caught it i woke up this morning feeling a little uh a little sniffly and- you know, but uh, I'm taking Zycam and, you know, e- e- lemons and cayenne and honey, and you know, and hot water and, you know, doing all of the uh, preventive stuff as best I can, you know, like nip it in the bud. You good, know, good. Before, it, before it becomes a, a problem. <laughs> so we, um, our friend Cheryl, i uh, um, sorry to say Cheryl Conway, that's somebody else. Um our normal uh, astrologer who's our in-house astrologer is taking a couple of months off she's uh, taking care of her mom and doing a whole bunch of things so we would like to send a little shout out to her that to uh, hang in there things will get better uh, you know bear we'll bear with you you bear with us but my dear friend someone I've known for many many years um, who is an amazing astrologer himself. Uh, he's here with us today, Mr. Walter Pullen of Astrologue among other things, the Labyrinth Cards. Uh, he does all kinds of exciting things. He, he did uh, a deck of cards, it's, it's not tarot, it's the Labyrinth deck, uh, different number of cards, different sized cards. Uh, he did all of the work on that, and his sister did all the illustrations. So it was a brother sister team that created uh, the Labyrinth cards, which I am very excited about. I've uh, I've used them, I love them, and they're they're really they're a really useful tool. So I highly recommend the Labyrinth cards to you. And he's done a, a new thing. I, I'm I'm just going to brag about him a little bit because I, I love him so much. She's my sweetie, sweet, sweet. He and his wife Alana, uh, who I absolutely adore. I kind of dumped him when I met her. You know, <laughs> she and I. I didn't really dump you, Walter, honest. But <laughs> but uh, we. She and I have gotten very close, and um, she's a wonderful human being. But. Um, he has written i a, um, a, I'm not sure, Walter, would you call it a book? Is it a book now? Or I know you have it on Astrolog uh, about the moons around all the planets.
2: Oh, yes, the latest version, the newest version of Astrolog 7.1 that just came out the other month does support planetary moons or moons of moons of other planets and yeah i think that's a really way to get a more detailed and enriched view of astrology because it's like you can you can take a individual or a planet and concentrate into just one singular energy so to speak like you can have a a you know a sign in a house for say saturn but there's the different aspects of Saturn, and each of those aspects may be prominent or receded. And it's kind of like if the planet is the body, the moons are like its arms or its legs and how it's expressing or manifesting or sending us energies. And so by understanding the moons and how they're arranged around Saturn, you can really re- understand like what parts of Saturn are expressing. And so you can really get a much more detailed a much more detailed reading than you can otherwise.
0: Yeah, that sounds fascinating to me, especially with the things that are happening with Saturn this month, Uh, you know, and for many years to come. Um, So uh, I wanted you to just kind of dig in and tell us a a little bit about what we can expect for December and maybe even some of it in extended period, because we just had an eclipse uh, last, you, you know, this past Monday. Indeed, And we have another eclipse coming up in two weeks. And all of that, uh, with everything else that's going on, is really impacting us, even if we're not aware of it.
2: Indeed. I would say that December is an amazing month because there's a lot going on in it. And yeah, so let's look at some of the things that are taking place in this in this intense month. And I think the first thing to say is for some a longer term influence that's been going on for some time and been affecting this whole year, but is also going to be exact on December 10th is a Pluto-Eris square. And what that means is, you know, Pluto and then there's Eris. Eris is the relatively recently discovered dwarf planet which is almost the same size of Pluto, but is actually denser. So it's not really something that every astrologer uses or, or is aware of. But, you know, when you discover these new dwarf planets or, heck, even moons for that matter, or asteroids, they can give you kind of access to new energies that may have been operating, you know, subconsciously or unconsciously. And so by taking a look at some of these dwarf planets, you can really get an idea of energies that wouldn't be present otherwise. Would, would you
0: call it more of a nuance um, on a planet like a, a person has certain things you know about them think and then you find out this other thing they like poetry for instance or or something you know is it is it similar to that
2: um- well, yeah, I mean, although that may be more aligned with the moons to give you the nuances for existing mm-hmm. planets. I mean, these are these are things that they, you know, orbit the sun, these dwarf planets are alternate asteroids, and they can really give a types of undercurrent energies, which I may, guess you could call them nuance, but maybe it's more like you have to like really think in new lines to really bring bring in them in. And you know, oh, okay. Eris is named after the goddess of Discord. And so, you know, she brings in like discord and disruption and and Pluto deals with, you know, death and transformation. And so then you have the square aspect, which has the friction and conflict. So this is some really intense energies, which have really been taking place this whole year like we had in there was an exact Pluto Eris Square in January and again in June and then finally on December 10th in just less than a week it's also going to be there and so it's really been creating that um, well quite in- intensely it's sort of like that discordant energy of Eris is kind of forcing a transformation of us or of society and or it may feel at the same time because you know any aspects kind of go both ways or it can feel like our transformation of pluto is being disrupted where maybe you're feeling a little bit frustrated by everything and so this whole 2020 year i think can be summed up with with pluto square eris so that's an an important you know background information oh and yes it is going to be because these are two slow moving planets Eris is even Eris orbits outside of Pluto, so it's even slower moving. So there's even going to be another Pluto-Eris square in in October and August of next year. So there's okay. like five of them going on, and we're only on number three right now. So we have to be aware that there's some of these um, challenging energies that, like it or not, are causing us to transform. They're transforming us inside. They're transforming society, and we just got to be, you know, got to and getting us giving us a big kick in the pants.
0: So if we're open to transformation, not knowing what it is or how it's going to happen, or do you know what I mean? Is that more to our benefit than if we're like, oh, I want to make sure I can control everything in my life because you're not going to be able to?
2: (laughs) Yeah, you are 100% correct. That's the way to deal with it. You have to Embrace the disruption and be like a cork on the waves in a in a storm and let it, you know, carry you away instead of trying to rigidly hold on and let the and let it, you know, tear you apart. And so we, we have to become a willow instead of an oak. Yes, exactly. That's the way to do that. And let the transformation, because there's big opportunities here in these years to both change ourselves and change the world. And of course, there may be some oaks in this world that want to hold on to the <laughs> old ways. Um, but, and so there may be some trees that get ripped out by their roots. But if we can, can you know, bend with the changes going on, there can be some, again, great opportunities going on.
0: That's fantastic. So, kind of get specific because I know the, the Jupiter uh, Saturn um, conjunction it hasn't been this close. I know they 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 come together every twenty years, or, or you know, it's for a twenty year period,
2: right? Yes, and- yes. There is a Jupiter Saturn conjunction happening on the twenty first, which is the exact day as the solstice, and actually, it's only they're only eight hours apart. And so yes, it's the exact time of Jupiter conjunct Saturn. So yes, there is a Jupiter conjunct Saturn that um, takes place every 20 years, and like, and they they starts like a new cycle of of manifesting vision and goals because see, Jupiter and Saturn are are, are kind of opposite energies. You know, Jupiter is very expansive and new ideas, while Saturn is very practical. And, but, that, and, but that could be. Together, I mean, I think it is. I think it's
0: practical to have new ideas.
2: Well, yeah, and that's a, g- a good approach for it because we can we can combine the two um, harmoniously because, you know, they can help each other. I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. it seems like that, oh, Saturn is being kind of oppressive on my ideas or Jupiter's kind of being flitty-flitty to my practicality, but it's best if you can combine those opposites then you can have a new ideas that are grounded or being able to ground and actually create your new ideas. And so Jupiter conjunct Saturn allows us to give, the, so basically you can, I would call it a new cycle, a new 20-year cycle of manifesting vision and goals
0: well that kind of fits in do you remember when i ran for seattle city council on my business card i wrote practical visionary
2: yes that's a good way to (laughs) combine the two and not like you know because yes many of these astrological interactions are connections between different energies and it's like how can we balance those energies and or, or mix them together in a harmonious fashion Right. right. And yeah. And so, yeah, so there's like a 20 year cycles of that. Every 20 years, things change. And like, you know, the last time we had a Jupiter Saturn conjunction was in the year 2000. And it kind of led up to 9-11 and kind of the cycle we've been having since then. And now we're entering a new cycle. However, I would say that this new cycle, there's a few things that make it even more new Likely than most new cycles, <laughs> and that is that. Um, well, yes, as as you alluded to, it is not just conjunct, but it's conjunct, but very close together. You know, this is not exactly eclipsing, but they're within six um, arc minutes or one tenth of a degree. And the last time that happened was like eight hundred years ago, and so it really creates like what they think are thinking looks kind of looks like a Christmas star, where they're you know two bright planets are very you can see
0: this with the naked eye
2: yes Jupiter and Saturn
0: just after sunset right for about a week
2: yeah yeah just go outside and look at it and look for the two bright dots and they're getting closer and closer together until they almost look like one star on the solstice
0: it's is that so the southwestern sky am I right
2: um let's see I guess it might depend on let's see where you are (laughs) yeah like right now it's there um um kind of above the right now they're sort of above the horizon so you would mm-hmm. want to wait until at least for here for the sun to set so like maybe around 6 p.m yeah around 5 p.m or 6 p.m so just around sunset is a good time to see Jupiter and Saturn in the sky so definitely like right here worth
0: a, definitely worth a look and you don't have to get up in the middle of the night yeah so
2: <laughs> right when it gets dark go outside and look to like the south or the southwest and then I'm having it, a hard time hearing you Oh, um, look to in right after sunset, look to the south or southwest, and it'll be kind of low in the sky, at least in our latitudes, because it's winter and and then you should be able to see the two dots close together. Because, you know, astrology doesn't have to be just, you know, this sign, blah, blah. I mean, astrology is something to be experienced. And so I believe, really believe you should be able to go outside and look at the look at it and feel it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, our wheel charts and our numbers are all fine and dandy, but, you know, astrology is really about spirit and, and feeling it in our soul. Okay. And, oh, and speaking of which, um, another thing about the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction, so it's not only exact, it's not only a new cycle, but it's taking place in like the first half degree of Aquarius. And so I've even heard some people suggesting that, oh, maybe this is the beginning of the age of Aquarius. Now, for these long term, you know, 2100 year ages, I believe that they're more gradual. And so it's not like some suddenly boom, you're there. It's a gradual introduction. And of course, a lot of it depends on us as to to how, you know, heavenly or whatever it will will be. But still, it is sort of notable that we're having that strong energy at, at the very beginning of Aquarius which actually leads me to that it's not just jupiter conjunct saturn but they are both in aquarius and both of those planets are entering aquarius this month saturn is entering aquarius on the 16th and jupiter is entering aquarius on the 19th and just you know just a couple of days before that that um big conjunction and so, you know, th- th- those are changes in energy too, even independent of the, the conjunction. So like, you know, Saturn has been in Capricorn for like the past three years, which is, you know, it's strong. Saturn is disciplined Capricorn is disciplined, but it may be a little bit too earthy or maybe kind of depressing or whatever. But now with Saturn entering Aquarius, we can apply that disciplined practical energy into Aquarian areas and ideals. So it's like we can be disciplined about our change. Or be practical in creating change, and that can be um, a, a nice a nice thing. J- however, you know there's always a double um, message for these changes. Like it may also appear that oh, when Saturn enters Aquarius, we've got this you know these visions and plays we want to change the world or change ourselves. But Saturn is coming in, which may feel like oh, there's some restrictions. So yes, Saturn is challenging us to be practical and actually manifest and work to make it happen because the world is not going to change itself. We have to change it if that makes sense.
0: It does. It does make a lot of sense.
2: Yeah. And similarly, Jupiter is entering Aquarius too, right after Saturn. And, you know, Jupiter has been in Capricorn and now it's moving into Aquarius. And again, with that Aquarian new technologies, new ideals, humanitarian, um, Jupiter is giving us new ideas for that and it's giving us enthusiasm for that. So again, with both Jupiter and Saturn together, this is a new cycle of, manifesting our vision and goals
0: perfect so what else is going on astrologically
2: well the I... um yes, yeah, so you mentioned the eclipse and yes, yes on the 14th so in just 10 days there's an eclipse and not just an eclipse but a total solar eclipse and so you know an eclipse is basically at least a, a solar eclipse is a conjunction you know a conjunction between the sun and moon it's basically like a new moon but it's basically a super conjunction because it's so, they're so conjunct, they're actually overlapping. And so just take the energies of a new moon and a new monthly cycle going on there and just intensify it and, you know, crank it up to 11. Yeah. And yeah, and so, you know, uh, uh, eclipses, they come in in, 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 in you know, in clusters together. And so we had the the one um, recently and the one coming up. And so it kind of creates a, a a tunnel or a portal between the eclipses, like between the penumbral lunar eclipse and the upcoming total solar eclipse, we kind of have this, this portal that um, leads us to the new beginnings. And the this total solar eclipse is in Sagittarius at 23 degrees Sagittarius. So anybody who has anything in sort of late Sagittarius will be strongly affected or anything aspecting that. And yeah, and so, you know, Sagittarius has those ideas and goals and enthusiasm so it's really kind of bringing a new cycle of kind of some of the, the saturn jupiter conjunction the new new ideas and goals bringing in this but but yes it, eclipses are intense and they can affect us differently like you know relating it to to um current events you can say like for example donald trump he has his moon at 21 degrees sagittarius which is very near this eclipse so expect this eclipse to strongly affect him or in the i don't know if he finally decides to concede the election or something like that so it's a a definitely a new cycle that affects uh, is going to affect him
0: so you one, think way, one way or another
2: one way or ha- another
0: yeah it's happening on the day that they uh, that they do the um, uh, electoral college uh, vote so the 14th the 14th yeah
2: yeah and for that to happen on the day of a new moon and not just a new moon but a total solar eclipse is very intense so it's really a kind of a a new cycle new new goals you know because Sagittarius is the archer and is aiming its arrow and it's kind of like shifting to a new target just as Mm -hmm. our country and maybe the world as a whole
0: correct so but we don't know what that means until we're there
2: Yes, because, you know, moons, new moons can be kind of, um, you know, strong and maybe a, a bit more um, energetic or archetypally masculine in, in polarity. And so, there, so there, you know, there can be some friction if people have different visions of, of how the, the future should be. So there may be some, you know, a little bit of um, discordancy, especially when we're in a Pluto square Eris year. Okay. Okay. So, but, but, you know, on the whole, I'm thinking seeing things are on the whole looks, looks good and looks, it looks new, but just expect maybe a few bumps along the, along the way.
0: But isn't that with them being in Aquarius ruled by Uranus, that's all about social justice too?
2: Yes, yes. The whole Aquarius with both Saturn and Jupiter moving into Aquarius, I see social justice happening in both being, being, you know, practically practical ways to address things and not just talk about it and also have the correct ideas with Jupiter in there, the new expansive, inclusive ideas that can include everybody. So I see that, you know, the next years will be, um, I think, very good in in that area.
0: Yeah, you know, I had a a, a thing on Instagram where, you know, I'm saying, well, you know, if, if you tell me that, you know, as a white person or a black person or a red person or a yellow person or whatever, I have certain obligations under that, that thing. And I'm like, I'm not so sure I totally agree with you. Uh, you know, I, I don't believe that if I confront someone head on that they're going to hear me. I think I need to listen to what they have to say and then as gently as I know how explain my position.
2: That I think is a good point. As they say, many people, they, they don't listen to understand they listen to respond. Right. And, or they listen to react is where it comes from, as opposed to making a more intelligent, well thought out response that brings them into you as opposed to tries to throw something in their face because you don't like them.
0: You know, if you approach somebody with you, blah, 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 you know, you're so blah, 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 you know, um, I, I know if someone approaches me that way, I'm shut down. I shut down. I, I don't want to hear it. So I don't want to approach somebody else that I disagree with in a way that they just automatically shut down and don't hear anything I have to
2: say. Indeed. Indeed. And we could maybe expect, um, if we're not careful, there can be some rough actions because there's one more um, aspect right after the the solstice on the 23rd and that is a Mars Pluto square and so here we've got aggressive Mars and transformative Pluto and you got kind of this friction and rough roughness going on there which can create some you know some potentially rough actions or rough transformations and so you, you know I, I, like many aspects there's ways to take advantage of it you can be like aggressive or assertive in changing yourself And and or that you can also say, well, maybe it's time to remember to take care of yourself because things may seem a little bit, you know, frictional, either in the media or in our own lives at that time. Yes.
0: Well, there there are a lot of things going on. I know um, uh, Greg Pallast, who uh, is a friend of the show, Uh, he's been on before. He he wrote The Best Democracy, Money Can Buy and all. And for the past seven years, uh, he's been working with uh, Stacey Abrams. To uh, get people registered in Georgia, and you know it's a very, very important thing that's happening there. And they just recently did a did a new rule in Georgia that if you don't have a car registered in Georgia, you can't vote in the upcoming uh, election. Which uh, a law professor Barbara Arnwine of columbia university said uh no car no vote emergency regulations a clear violation of the national voter registration act but it could disenfranchise uh, voters and uh greg pointed out too that um, martin luther king the fourth said well georgia would be a blue state if they just let us vote <laughs> <You know? laughs> So. so so this is a lot of things are happening there. I, I mean, I also, you know, did a lot of reading about uh, the two uh, Republican candidates that are presently in um, in the Senate. Uh, they uh, very strongly uh, um, they did some things in January. They uh, heard about, you know, it was a conference with the senators about. Uh, uh, the upcoming pandemic and they use that to their advantage to buy and sell stocks. Uh, I know that uh, she, uh, I think it was like a, a million three uh, did uh stock trading. Um, it's not illegal. It's just not very ethical. Uh, and, and she does the, you know, so I just want to bring that up to people when, when she says she lives paycheck to paycheck and she's worth $800 million. And, um, I kind of find that difficult for me to relate to. If I had $800 million, I don't think I'd be living paycheck to paycheck. And I don't think I'd have gotten an $8 million um, uh, um, parachute, golden parachute out of the company that I left. You know, it, it doesn't sound like poverty uh,
1: to me yeah you're seriously mismanaging your money if you're living <laughs> and you've got $800 dollars million $8 million, million,
0: right right so um, uh, Greg Powell so this is a this is an important election and I you know I would urge everyone I don't care what your political affiliation is go vote. You've got Republicans telling people not to go telling Republicans telling Republicans not to go vote. I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of crazy. What is this guy, um, that just spoke yesterday, you know, saying, someone said, well, he's a, he's a democratic, uh, uh, you know, uh, What do you call somebody that 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 comes in underneath and pretends to be one thing and they're really not? I don't know. like
1: a plant or an operative or
0: an operative. Yeah. Democratic operative, uh, you know, telling uh, the Republicans not to go vote because it's 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 you know, there's no point in it. So I don't know. Well, just,
1: those are Republicans that are saying that, and it's Republicans yes. are
0: saying that, yes.
1: And it's Trump by saying that the election was rigged, and you know that uh, that the votes were changed, and all this stuff. That's going to disenfranchise his own voters, uh, right? Because if they think well, he lost.
0: He doesn't care. Well, yeah, because
1: he doesn't care about Bar, the rest of them. Barr, who has
0: been. Yeah. Barr, who has been as loyal to Trump as anyone, I mean, to the point of breaking the law himself, is the top, you know, law enforcement officer of the country. He's broken the law. Even he has had to say, uh, no, you um, actually lost the election. Right. (laughs) None of the things you brought up could possibly change the results of the election. And this is why I tell people all the time, every vote counts. If it's very narrow, it's really easy to cheat. But if it's not, if it's brought like six million votes, it's really difficult to uh, say that uh, that that wasn't uh, a legal election. Right. But anyway, interesting times, interesting times that we're living in. And uh, I find it fascinating. So um, is there anything else you want to add astrologically, Walter?
2: well on a more harmonious note on yeah one more aspect on the 15th there is that's when Chiron goes direct and Chiron has been retrograde since July and you know Chiron is the energy of the well it's one of those those kind of asteroid like b- bodies one of the centaurs and the, it's kind of named after the the wounded healer centaur and so, yeah, it can represent our, the, the healing process that we go through. And it's been retrograde since July. So that means, you know, there's been a period since July where we've been more internally doing our, dealing with our stuff or dealing with our healing. And once it goes direct, it may feel a little bit good because, you know, we've, we've, con- we've finished a little process of internal work and internal healing. And now we can do more healing externally. And that aligns well with the, the energies of this month leading into, into next year
0: absolutely uh so um I think uh that that i mean that's an awful lot to for the last month of the year to deal with astrologically it's uh, um really really strong so uh boy i think I think you've covered it pretty thoroughly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Walter. Uh, thank you so much for uh, coming on and, and giving us an astrological report. I totally uh, appreciate it. and uh, I will see you soon.
2: We'll do. It's great to be on again.: Thanks.
0: Stay tuned uh, to Susan Harmon Experience. We're going to take a short break, and then we're going to come back and talk a few about a few other things. So stay tuned.
1: You're invited to Returning to the One, an all-cultural retreat stemming from the single thread that traveled the four directions and now unifies. Through energy work with fire, water, earth, and air, both individually and in group, the five participants will evolve. Reserve space for early bird discounts because space is truly limited to five participants. This retreat takes place in sunny Arizona during January for a four-day in-resort setting with Private Pool. Email susan at susanharmon.com for more information. That's susan at susanharmon.com. Walter Pollen, author of the book Evolution of the Spirit and the freeware astrology program Astrolog, offers an amazing tool specially designed for the spiritual seeker. The Labyrinth Oracle is an easy-to-use divination card deck to help guide one through the twists and turns Of the Maze of Life, this deck comes with 109 unique cards with detailed interpretations for each card. Purchase options include a sparkly lined drawstring bag and a wood box to store your deck. The Labyrinth Oracle was created by a brother and sister team. Walter designed the system, and his sister Kathy brought the cards to life with colorful illustrations. To get your copy, visit astrolog.org slash oracle.htm. Thinking of giving something special and unique to someone who is special and unique for winter solstice or Christmas? Contact Susan for that one-of-a-kind Christmas gift of a personalized healing wand or talisman, or even a bottle of sacred water or Tones of Light CD. A gift certificate can be used for a stone, a session, a mediumship, or an intuitive counseling session. Call or email today, 206-853-5225, or email Susan at at SusanHarman.com. That's Susan at SusanHarman.com for details.
0: On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed Christopher Renstrom, who shares astrological insights from his new book,
2: The Cosmic Calendar, Using Astrology to Get in Sync with Your Best Life.
3: On Saturday, Matt Swain returns with more great ghost stories taken from his published work as a paranormal researcher. Bringing you fascinating talk one hour at a time since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk AM 1150.
1: To meet the challenges of travel in these times, Susan Harmon has developed a new way of working that she's calling a bi-locality session. You can relax in your own home while Susan is in her healing room laying stones on the massage table and connecting with you via phone from her healing pyramid. She drums tones while you feel what is taking place as though you were both in the same location. It's really quite amazing how well it works. Call 206-853-5225 five or email susan at susanharmon.com to set up your appointment
2: broaden your horizons you'll be amazed at all the topics we cover on alternative talk 1150
0: welcome back to susan Harmon experience uh we have just had a wonderful astrological report uh presented to us by walter pullen that uh, was very helpful and uh now we're we're back um with
1: uh with the Susan Harmon experience. With the Susan
0: Harmon experience. <laughs> and <laughs>
1: and you're hesitating a little bit because we did have a guest lined up for the second half of the show, but it it looks like unfortunately he's been detained.
0: He's been detained. Uh yes. So so we're just going to go on without him because that's what we The do show here. must go on. The show must go on and we will we will carry it on and, and do the best we can without it. So we were going to do some stuff on Gold Ghosts and Geronimo. Mm. And had had I known our guest wouldn't show up, uh, he should go unnamed, um, I would have contacted somebody else. So um, anyway, uh, I definitely, uh, it's it's a wonderful project that we're doing um, and we're, we're using a Treasure hunting—we're we're doing treasure hunting, but we're using psych abil- psychic ability. Uh, we're using um, Indian legends, and we're combining all this and, and really bringing it together well. So it—you uh, um, know—it's it, a good thing. So. What we wanted to give you the report that because we were going to do that on the first uh, the first Friday of the month. And then so it's probably a really good thing that we had a long astrological report this time instead of our usual shorter report because there was so much going on. And I wanted to I did want to talk a little bit about the Georgia race. Um, there are people that are helping out with the race that aren't from from Georgia that are helping to make calls and, and doing all kinds of things. But this, if you don't have, if you don't have a car registered in Georgia, you can't vote seems incredible to me. It, it, it's, it's like the old literacy test, right? Mm. Uh,
1: are, you, are you saying you need a car?
0: You need to have a car registered in Georgia to be able to vote. So that people aren't just coming into Georgia and voting illegally. Sure. I mean, I would say a rent receipt or a mortgage receipt might be, you know, uh, something you could you could give to show residency.
1: Right. Not everybody I mean, has a car.
0: Right. Or a student, a student ID. Uh, you know, a, a, you know what I mean. The, something like this would show that you're uh, you're there. And the reason that, that I read this that was so important, because this doesn't seem to be being talked about very much, but Greg Pallast, you know, we've had him on. Um, he has spent the past seven years going over and, and, and uh, doing the... Um, the um, finding the, One of the pr- things they did that was really good is that some of the people that have been purged from the voter rolls they contacted those people that had been purged who didn't know they were purged and got them to go down and re-register. Which I find a a really good thing. You get their names and then you go and get them to register again. And um, that, because people don't know that they've been purged from the voter rolls until they go to vote. Right. And so they give them a, uh, um, well, it's, they give them a, a ballot, but it's not a real ballot because it's just a placebo, because they will check that ballot against the voter rolls and you're not on the voter roll. Mm-hmm. So it's a placebo. It just makes you feel, well, I voted, but you didn't vote. Your vote wasn't counted because you weren't on the voter rolls. So it's a really and I think the governor has a lot to answer for because he was secretary of state. When he was running for governor of the state, and he purged hundreds of thousands of votes, so I mean it's a it's a lot of people. So, uh, but Palast and uh, Butler. Butler is um, oh gosh, uh, what is he? Is something with the NAACP? I think anyway. He uh, uh, they sued the Georgia Secretary of State earlier this year and got a federal court ruling requiring the state to open its secret correspondence on racially biased vote roll purges. So I find that, that pretty amazing. But uh, as a practical matter, a challenged carless voter will unlikely be able to vote in the January 5th runoff. Uh, combining the holidays with COVID, it's hard to imagine that voters can complete the hearing process and get a decision in time to vote. And few challenged voters would be expected to put themselves through a court-like hearing. So that that becomes difficult. So the deadline is December 7th, which is only a few days away. So if you're being challenged, blocked or impeded in any way, or if you know someone that's having problems voting in, in, in Georgia, Great palaces to contact them. Contact him, and and uh, they'll help you. Uh, the grounds for that challenge is that a new voter having no auto registered in Georgia may be a non-resident attempting to commit a felony crime of illegal registration. Well, that's not good. Um, you know, um,
1: which we know not- is super super rare. It's super rare. Yeah, this is not uh, something (laughs) that needs, you know, this extra regulation. But if you're going to do extra regulation, then you've got to allow time for it. You can't with what?
0: Yeah, it's within the 90 days and that you can't do it like this. We're we're almost
1: 30 days out uh, from this election. Right. Right. And And to go start changing rules is...
0: Crazy. You're, prohibited, you're prohibited to change any rules within 90 days of an election. Mm-hmm. So it's a clear violation of the National Voter Registration Act. I mean, um, she said that's a trick which fails the smell test. It's in substance a change of rules. They're trying to call it uh, not a uh, – they're getting around it by trying to say it's – uh, getting around the rule change by calling it a a guidance because they're saying that well the the county they can be, use guidance to do this well, hmm so uh, you know, it's supposed to stop voter fraud by those coming into Georgia just to vote in the runoff. so that's kind of ridiculous, you know right so palace palace investigating fund producer Terry Manpearl asked if the state Secretary of State found even one single case of a non-Georgian uh, voting, a serious crime. And if you found that, he said, have you arrested them? And they didn't answer him. <laughs> you
1: know? Because they, no. did, they didn't find it.
0: <laughs> they didn't find it. It didn't happen. Right. And they haven't arrested anyone because that was not their goal. Their right. goal was to keep people from voting. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Uh,
0: so uh, technically, the state can't stop Georgia citizens from voting because they don't have a car. Uh, you know, So any registrar can challenge and thereby, thereby delay a voter's registr- registration until they have a hearing where they will be required to prove residence. This creates a huge impediment to new voters.
1: Yeah, I mean, if they delay it, uh, again, we're like, what, 31 days out from this election? If they delay it and it's not heard and a person can't get registered before the election, then they've essentially suppressed that vote
0: that's right, yeah, and voter suppression is huge problem in this country not cheating at the polls right and uh you, when you suppress the vote, you take away the only voice a citizen has in this country to uh, to express themselves It's their vote. And people are, you know, losing That's what makes it a democracy. That, you know, democracy is a pretty good thing.
1: I would say so.
0: I like it. Uh, I'm not real big on fascism. And I'll tell you one thing. I'm getting really tired of the media calling Antifa an organization. I'm really sick of that. It's, do, do, do you go to the meetings, Eric? <laughs> <laughs> the Antifa meetings. I haven't been to one yet. In fact, I haven't been invited to one. I don't even know where they where they meet. <laughs> you
1: know? Right, because they don't. But <laughs> I'm mean... just.
0: But they keep saying, "Well, Antifa, quit saying that because you're you're supporting this fiction." Yes, you're supporting disinformation every time you say Antifa. Even the Young Turks have done that. I'm like, what? What the heck are you doing? I mean, you know better than that. You know that that's not the truth. So why are you doing that? Hmm. So, but uh, I don't know if you saw this. uh, Oh Gosh, what I forget his name. He was a a Republican and stood up there and says, it's gone too far. It's just gone too far. His life has been threatened. His family's lives have been threatened. You know, people, these are Republicans that are being threatened.
1: Right, right.
0: By Republicans. Yes. So we have so many people. It's not half of the country. It's about 25 percent of the country that are this crazy.
1: Well, you know, I am shocked and disheartened that as many people as do and, it, you know, it could be 25 percent. It could be. 40 percent. I I don't know. I don't know. Exactly I, I, but I mean, the, the polls are suggesting that only three percent of Republicans believe that Biden actually won the election. Now, if that's true, that is super scary because nobody is disputing that, uh, you know, Biden won in a free and fair election except for Trump and his cronies. And. These are people that have spent the last four years lying every single day. And even if you're a supporter of his policies, you got to know in your heart, you got to have some kind of critical thinking that says, hey, this guy has lied to us every single day. What are the odds that he's suddenly telling the truth against all evidence? But apparently. <laughs> They don't make that connection. They don't make yeah. that leap.
0: Well, I think if you have Fox News playing all day long,
1: but even AM Fox month. News, the news has department, been ab-
0: with exactly
1: has, has said, Biden won the election fair and square.
0: It, it it is amazing to me the brainwashing that has been effective. Exactly. I mean. I understand there are going to be some people but I have heard these people say, well, you know, blah 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 this it's it's just like this whole pandemic is a is a fake to take away our rights. I'm like, well, then the whole planet is in on it with them. Right. Because it's happening in other countries and not just the United States. Mm-hmm. So, can you look past the t- and I think part of it is we have people in this country that don't leave their county, much less their state, or even out, go out of the country, because they um, they just don't. It's just it's just more than they can than they can handle, and they uh, it's it's comfortable there, and uh, this is the way I was brought up, and this is blah blah blah, and they and they don't want to change. It doesn't matter what reality is. I don't know. I don't know how we do that. I guess that's why Mr. McConnell was laughing the whole time during his debate, because he like, I don't care. You know, I'm going to win this thing anyway. Because It doesn't matter what you say, <laughs> you know, but if. Um,
1: well, he lives in a very red state of Kentucky, so he figures he can get away with anything.
0: Yeah, it's not as red again, we're talking voter suppression. Sure. <laughs> you know. But voter I mean, suppression if you is, look at
1: the history, regardless of how we got there, Kentucky right. has been pretty red for a long time. That doesn't mean it can't change because I mean, look at Arizona, look at Georgia, you know. Right.
0: But right.
1: They the Repu- uh, it's been a Republican stronghold for a long
0: time. It won't be though, I think, pretty soon because if you know, I'm gonna say it, you don't agree with me, I know, but they run run the wrong people. The Democrat Democratic corporate democrats don't understand. If they ran progressives, they would win when you say, Well, we know that it's close and so why would why would the people want Republican light when they can have the real thing? So if you run somebody that's Republican light, you're not you're not giving them an option. You're not giving them anything that uh, that they can say. Wait a minute, that's something new and different. We can go that way. Well, I mean, this and- is why
1: we have primaries. I mean, there was a very progressive candidate uh, that ran in Kentucky, and he almost
0: won that primary, but he didn't. Right. Did. But but again, in a primary, and having myself been in the political arena. In the primary, if you don't get the publicity that somebody else gets, people don't even know you exist.
1: Well, in this case, he did get a lot of publicity.
0: So Towards the end, not at the beginning.
1: Well, he wasn't running until <laughs> kind of late in the race, which may have been part of his problem as well.
0: Be that as it may. <laughs>
1: I, You know, I'm totally with you on the progressive ideas. I just feel like we, you know, unfortunately, you know, again, with half the country believing Trump, even though, again, he's lied to the American people every single day of his presidency. I don't know that, you know, we've done as good a job selling progressive ideas as we need to do. Um, and I that's why I wonder if they can actually, you know, progressives will can win these primaries in red states or and also if they do, can they win the general?
0: Uh, I think they can win the general. Um, and, and, I, and I really do. Uh, I just got a message. I'm, I'm going to back off from being so um, um, irritable. About
1: our missing <laughs> guest. <laughs> well, it it looks like he's in the waiting room, so I can bring him in now if you're oh, ready. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And we we've got about uh, four minutes for four you guys minutes, to Four minutes. Yeah. And he's still logging in, so feel okay. free to. Okay, so yourself. yeah, uh,
0: you know he uh, he said uh, that he had to take uh, one of his workers to the emergency room and get stitches. uh Ooh. you know, serious injury in his hand, and that is rough. And uh, yeah, that's rough. And and honestly, I would rather see him take care of a, of a worker.
1: Absolutely.
0: Than to, I mean, hail to the workers, you know. <laughs>
1: Some things have to come first, of course.
0: Absolutely. Human human people. So as soon as he comes on, holler and, and see if we can. Well, he's, he's there. He minutes. just needs
1: to unmute. Steve, if, you're, if you are if can hear us, you need to unmute your microphone. And, uh, again, you've got about uh, you know, there we go, three right and a half here. minutes. Hey.
0: Hey, Steve.
3: Hey. It's been a busy day. Hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you Friday.
0: You've got three minutes. <laughs>
3: Go for sorry. it. Sorry, I one of one of the gentlemen that works for me, a laborer, cut his hand on a using a grinder. I Ooh. took him to emergency care to get some stitches, and I yeah. lost track of time. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, that you're forgiven. Okay, so quick, three minutes. What do you want to say?
3: Well, what do I want to say? Yeah. Ah, jeez. Three minutes. That seems like a long time, or is it not? Anyway, <laughs> oh, something something come up. Yeah, um, interestingly, we talked about this real quick. Um, there was a very fine lady. She's since passed away just recently. That really that worked worth worked worked with the family uh, on uh, the peak, Victoria <laughs> Peak. And she was almost like a, a an admin assistant. She kept journals. She kept records. She uh, took she, photographs. She, photographs she would prepare slideshows Mm -hmm. presentations she was very diligent very and very um very good at record keeping well it turns out her daughter called and is cleaning things out and we'd forgotten all about this she has about 20 uh, file boxes of documentation videos uh, all of that kind of thing that would go along with maybe somewhat superfluous not even needed that uh, is made, being made available to uh, the family. So we'll be copywriting that material as well.
0: And so, you've already uh, got 250,000 documents. So now you've got 25 file boxes more.
3: Right, and most of that 250,000 has been copyrighted, So when it's, we use it, um, it'll be protected. And we've discussed that before, videos and stuff. How yeah, we but, yeah, we've discussed yeah, before how other pretty, people have used it. Go ahead. Right. And it's really quite amazing. That, that, a very fine lady and how she came in contact with us in the 70s. We were in Newport Beach having these uh, presentations for investors that wanted to help us get on the peak and, and do uh, the excavations. And it was a day for the press. And she somehow got herself a press pass and snuck in because she <laughs> just wanted to be involved. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was, she's just a sweetheart. She yeah. she. Just like you, Susan, just like you. She was a sweetheart. <laughs> just like
0: me, uh, flattery will get you anywhere. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's always right.
3: room, always room for, for nice nice things to say to people.
0: Yeah, always room for that. Well, I hope your worker is going to be all right. And, yes, I think uh, you, you getting that material will be uh, um, an ad- advantage to us. Uh, Heather and I made tremendous progress with the psychic uh, location of where a particular trunk was buried so i think that uh we're, we're we're getting somewhere with that and i think that with that little teaser about where we're getting with it we'll know by next month when we do this again hopefully you don't have any more uh accidents
3: um this is the first in uh, a number of years that i've had to you know people have hurt themselves and there's someone around to take them. but he was working by himself he was yeah uh cutting underneath some tile in an empty pool and uh He was by himself
0: and he had no choice. All right. Well, folks, we are coming to the end of Susan Harmon Experience. Uh, We had Steve on. That was really helpful. And uh, we had Walter Pullen. And remember to dance.